Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is defining success within the e-commerce journey. After a successful 20-year career in the throes of corporate America, he left to become the founder of PurchasePoint LLC. With PurchasePoint, he brought a creative approach to captivating consumers during the last seven seconds along their path to purchase. In 2016, he stepped away to create his next company, Tiej Hanley, an e-commerce company with a mission of helping men look and feel amazing. In July of 2022, they shipped their 1.5 millionth box and have over 350,000 customers worldwide. A big welcome to Kelly Thornton. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? So nice to be on your show, and I thank you so much to have me. And uh, actually, I should update my profile. We just shipped our 2 millionth box. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. To the, the 12th of September. So just a few weeks ago, we flew down to Atlanta and hand delivered it with my partners to our 2 millionth customer. It was excellent. Wow, that's that's awesome. Now, let's start the interview. I was really curious when I was reading your profile, um, a purchase point yeah. in the last seven seconds along a customer's path of purchase. I don't think I've ever heard of this terminology, the last seven seconds before purchase. So what is the last seven seconds on the path to purchase and how can a company use this? Yeah, I mean, there. so th- this is a very, Purchase Point is a very retail-focused shopper marketing company. So it's really about, you know, understanding how a consumer is thinking about, um, you know, making a purchase and what happens in that last seven seconds. So what, what are the key drivers that's going to motivate someone to make a decision? And, um, and there's many things about it. Uh, we, we, we think of ourselves, Purchase Point, which is no longer a company I'm directly involved in, we think of ourselves as disrupting the shopper journey. And truthfully, it's not that dissimilar from the concept of what we do at T. Shanley, which is around social media marketing, influencer marketing, to engage a customer, it's the same concepts. So it is, what is the right messaging? What is the right color? Which is the right retail uh, pathway that someone would take? What is the need state of a shopper at that very last second when they're making a decision that's gonna, Im- that's gonna either increase or decrease the likelihood of them purchasing? So you were doing a lot of testing around the, Pushing the submit sale button. I mean, I guess I'm I'm not following. How how were yep. you influencing these, these last seven seconds? So what 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 specifically we're looking at is secondary placement display systems and signage. 
So any store that you can pick in your in your imagination, there are secondary and primary locations for consumer products. The primary location is the short store shelf where the product is normally found. So you're going to look for Tide or you're going to look for Dove Shampoo. It's in a very specific place in the store. There's also secondary placement, which is usually a pay-to-play situation where um, Tide is coming out with a new variant, say Tide uh, you know, balls or Tide pods. And so they are also considering that as a, you know, putting that product in a secondary location in the store and that secondary location, we, we measure um, what that kind of encounter looks like uh, through consumer product testing to see whether or not somebody is going to, in fact, be more or less likely to see that secondary placement and respond to it. Like what is the likelihood of a consumer actually seeing it and engaging with, with, the, with that product at that at that secondary location. And that's what we study and we do it through consumer research. And so the last seven seconds before mm-hmm. purchase is really referred to in-store, not online. No, it's an in-store co- uh, concept. Um, and I think it, I think it's very applicable to online. It is what, you know, very similar to what we're seeing, like where, where are people's gazes on their, you know, when they're looking at our site, what are they, what specifically are looking at? How long are they staying there? What's the time between, you know, lane, uh, home pages to PDP pages to check out, adding to cart. I think all of those things are, you know, relatable at least with the with the uh, um, e-commerce space. So, are you using any of that in your new e-commerce company? You know, I, I think like right, we do the same type of consumer panels and consumer testing. Um, we don't do it. You know, it, it, we don't do it in the exact same way, but we do it in a similar way. Um, what we were doing off, you know, in bricks and mortar offline is we were doing consumer panel testing prior to going into the retail. Um, so prior to spending a lot of money and going into retail, we were doing consumer product testing panels on things. And we were showing them different stimulus, different messaging, different colors. And we were saying, what's the likelihood of you engaging with something? You know, there's not as much of that in the e-commerce space. Um, you know, we will create an ad and we will test iterations of that ad. Um, and depends on the platform, we'll taste tape, we'll we'll do multiple live um, ad tests and see which ones perform the best. And then, of course, we'll we'll sp- you know iterate and spend more money on the ones that work. So I think conceptually, it's very similar concept. Uh, One is more, you know, the digital space allows you to do things more real time. Now with purchase point, I mean, it looks like you were crushing it. You were working for companies, you know, you're working companies, you had clients, Unilever, Mars, Wrigley, Pfizer. Why did, why did you decide to step away in 2016? Yeah. I mean, you you know, if you were, I'm not a gambler, but if you were given two hands, right? You're given, you know, you know, seven cards in one hand, seven cards in the other. You kind of look at that and you say, okay, what's my likelihood of, of, of one of these hands actually, um, you know, performing well for me. And, uh, I was doing both. I was, C channel was actually a side hustle to purchase point. And, um, I was actually doing both. And, um, the hand of T Shanley, um, was a much better, a much better scenario. And as I got deeper and deeper into T Shanley, 
the ability to scale that business, our business, our, our current business, the, the ability to reach more people, the total addressable market, everything about it was just a much better hand. Um, and I felt that was a much better play for me. So I, I start, started to unra- unwind what I was doing at Purchase Point. It's still in existence and there are people there running that business. I'm just not involved. Um, and then I just fully switched over and around 18 into, into working in Teach Handling. So when you launched Tish Hanley in, in 2016, was it? We we actually launched a variation of V1 in 16, and it sucked and it failed. So I guess my question is, when you started, what e-commerce platform did you begin with? And, and are you still on that one? No, we were on Woo. And um, it was a very simple website um, that, you know, the premises of that was similar to what it is today. Educate a guy on a skincare routine, help him understand why it's important to have healthy habits in his life, um, and and basically, you know, talk about what he needs to create good skincare. Like, what is the routine? The changes between V1 and V2 was that we did not own our own brand in V1. We were selling highly curated products. And it's kind of like the, you know, the, the birch box kind of model where, you know, you're selling other people's products with hope of them coming back and buy those products from you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a bad concept. Um, it, I mean, it was for us. Maybe there's some people out there that are making it work. It's a bad concept for us because you could buy those products, even though we were selling them in a system, you could buy those products. They were highly curated. At the time, most of them you couldn't find at Amazon. Today, you can. You could buy the products elsewhere. You really didn't need us. So um, it was bad. We decided to make our own brand and make our own formula. And we decided to switch to a subscription platform. And then we relaunched in 2017. Uh, about nine, 10 months later, after making that decision, we launched V2, which is its current form. What platform is it on? It's now on Shopify. We've migrated to Shop. We've been on Shopify for a long time. We use Recharge as our uh, subscription engine. We've been on Recharge um, very early. We, we got on recharge pretty much immediately. And do you sell anybody else's products anymore or is it is purely? We do not. It's only Tiege Hanley branded products. So let's let's talk about your business during COVID. I mean, some, yeah. some companies, they did really well. Yeah. Others did not. Yeah. I, I guess I'm curious, how was men's grooming when everybody was staying home? We were great in the in the very beginning. I mean, we started off 2000s really good. It was a really, really good year. I had super high hopes for the year. And um, it stayed pretty solid until, you know, like the beginning of Q3, which was actually, you know, four or five months, five months into COVID. It stayed solid. And then from there, it dropped straight off. 21 was, was a very difficult year for us. We lost money for the first time in 2021. We've been... Um, a cash flow positive business since the beginning. And we lost money in 2021. We had to take some debt. Um, I was actually had no idea it was how bad we really were at. I was really thinking about raising money, not because we weren't doing well, but it was just part of my my trajectory that we would raise some money. And it was not a good time. I mean, I don't think Andy, anybody was like thinking about taking care of themselves, taking care of their skin. What they were thinking about was taking care of their house. And like their backyard. Home improvement. Yeah, I know that. That was yeah, crazy. I mean, they were going nuts over nesting. They were taking care of themselves in other ways. They were buying Pelotons and things like that, buying themselves new running shoes, but they weren't, um, they're buying new pillows. They weren't really investing too much in their skincare. Now, did you find you had to pivot at all or did you just kind of wait it out? 
We did pivot. It was a mistake. I actually tried to go downstream a little bit and sell less expensive systems. We sell um, like a 40, 45, 44, 55, $65 system. Um, we were monthly system. We were selling, you know, we dropped down to like a $15 kind of starter kit. Um, and, and we sold those a lot during the year and it, it, it did keep acquisition numbers high, but it, it's significantly suppressed, uh, AOV and, and, um, and our total revenues for the year. How much have you played with the average order value? Every day we're constantly playing with AOV. Um, we're looking at AOV by channel, by cohorts, um, you know, by, uh, a platform, whether it's, you know, in-app at teach.com, you know, at Amazon or any other marketplaces where we're looking at AOV, you know, daily. You know, one of the best things that an e-commerce company can do is to really define their avatar. How have you guys been able to do that with your customer base? You know, we did it quantitatively and qualitatively. We did it qualitatively first, and we've done a lot of it. Um, and so we, we had for the first couple of years, we had a brand manager and we had a researcher on staff and we were, um, constantly talking to our, you know, our guys and really had a very, very good, and we had names for all of them, like healthy, healthy, uh, healthy Hank and, um, you know, and on and on and on. Um, and I, I think it was very important. I mean, it really gave us a baseline for who our customer is, what he looks like, where does he live, what activities is he involved in, what kind of music does he listen to, what kind of car is he likely to drive, what's his education, all that stuff. Um, lately, we really, really, really want to look at like first party data and we want to look at um, actions that people, the channels they come in on, the 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 offer discount landing page kind of path to purchase that they took. And we want to look at like behaviors that they did post-purchase that that mirror what very successful and high AOV um avatars look like. So we really want to like measure that and then focus on, you know, acquiring, figuring out what what it takes to acquire guys like them. So you seem really cutting edge and all your stuff and and AI is the thing that everybody's talking yep. about in e-com. Yep. Have you incorporated well. AI in anything your systems? Yeah, it's um I was at a conference last week, Andy, and I think like, you know, there was a lot of talk about AI. I don't think any of it really rung very true to me. Um, I, I it's been around for a long time. Like back in purchase point, we were using um natural natural language processing in all of our research that I was describing earlier. Um, we were saying, you know, what is the sentiment score associated with someone saying, you know, XYZ? Um, what is the sentiment score and the association of their experience if they use the word like versus great versus good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So and, and natural, and natural language and those type of th things have been around for a long time. I mean, they, predict, they lend themselves into predictive text and stuff like that. So I think like that's been around. I mean, the reason why everybody's talking about it now is because they're seeing like they're seeing it on, you know, I'll say the creative side, right? They're seeing it on not only, um, you know, the the uh, copy side, right? But they're seeing it on creative development and and implementation and testing of creative. 
we're really using it on uh, in the data side. So we're using it for predictive predictive analysis of um, what is the likelihood of that we're going to hit a certain um, number of orders next month. What is the likelihood that we're, our churn rate is going to go up or down? What is the likelihood of our of our revenue coming from new new uh, uh, acquisition versus returning? What is the likelihood of how much we're going to get out of a channel, one channel versus the next? We predicted our returning sales in the month of September to 0.28 percent. So we we predicted returning sales, not new sales, returning sales by 0.28%. So in essence, we were off by a couple hundred. I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands of returning yeah, customers. That's amazing. We're off by a couple hundred. Now for subscription businesses, I mean, the the churn is really, you know, the lifeblood. What, what is your churn and how have you been able to decrease it over the years? Yeah, well, look... Measuring churn and, and answering a question like "What is churn?" is 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 really like we we there there needs to be a lot of um, um, agreement into what what is what is churn, right? Is it are we, what is our retention number? What is our churn number? Um, what is our churn number by cohort? We break we're breaking it down by cohort. So we're saying of the people that came in with zero. Uh, discount what is the churn rate if people are coming in by you know 10% off 20% off 30% off 40% off 50% all the way down to basically a free offer what it, what was their 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 likelihood of getting to box 2 so we really box 2 is is our is like a critical number from us for us and it's it's like in the in the high 50s to 60% range so it depends on channel it can go down as low as 30% you know, 32, 33%. So based on, you know, based on CAC and AOV and percentage discount, um, we'll, we'll look at what is our minimum threshold for a box to renewal rate. And that, and that cohort needs to be able, and, and that cohort is that number of guys that took that offer on that day, that week, that month needs to hit that box to threshold uh, percentage return rate. And if they don't, then we we will not be we will not be you know spending ad dollars with that with that with that um, that campaign. So we want we want to have guys come back in the sixty percent range to box two. Some some of our channels are coming back at 70 percent of our guys are coming back. Um, some of them are coming back even higher than that. And then we measure box box one to two, two to three, three to four, and so forth and so on. And the curve drops off and then it flattens out. And it, when it stays in it, and as it gets further and further out in box count, our retention rates are almost flat, meaning we, we, we barely lose anybody. You know, I mean, it's, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. One of the things that they always say that a company needs to know their numbers and the way that you are splitting out is it's amazing um, to get that granular. How are you, what system are you using to get that granular? How are you, what kind of reporting are you using? Um, you know, we, I would like to have an even more robust CRM system, but it's all homegrown. And it's it's primarily you know data storage lakes and Snowflake, um, you know piping in through like Fivetran, um, going into Polar Analytics, 
and then being visualized and developed through SQL database queries and through some of, we used to use Tableau to visualize it all. We pretty much do all our own data polls out of, out of Polar and look at everything. And I, I really like, you know, these are pretty advanced. I mean, there's, you, you know, you have Triple Whale and North, North Beam and, and, and those companies that do a really good job. And if you don't have a lot of analytics chops, I think they're outstanding platforms. Um, for us, it's, it's a lot of home, homegrown stuff. Now, what advice would you give to someone who is launching their new e-com business today? Regarding data or regarding churn or in you know general? what what to do? How how are you how are you going to grow? You have yeah, a product, well, you know there's a demand. You, you know there's the there's step? one question only. Everything else doesn't matter, but this. How are you going to sell your product? And show me, like, prove to me you can sell product. Everything else doesn't matter. Like data, churn rates, none of that matters in the beginning. Zero. It does not matter at all. If you can't sell product, you don't have a business. So how are you going to sell product? I had an advisor in V1 look at me. I we, I, I presented like the whole B business plan to an advisory board. I was not seeking money, but they were all money guys. And I said to them, what do you think? And they basically said it sucked. Like, you're not going to, this is horrible. There's nothing good about it at all. And one of the guys, Joe said to me, um, uh, you know, just beyond family and friends, just sell, sell 10, 10, 10 boxes. And then let me know you did it. And, um, you know, he was right. I mean, if you can't, if you don't have a clear way, a clear mechanism, a clear voice in the market, a way to have a voice in the market, which is brutally hard, you've got nothing. So sell first. You know, Tej, how did you decide to get into men's skincare? I mean, it's, you know, that category itself, much more difficult than women's skincare, or at least there's not the demand there. How, how did you, how did you no. decide to get into men's skincare? I thought we needed help. I thought guys needed help. I needed help. Like I did not understand what was going on in skincare. I didn't even realize that it was something that guys should be thinking about. I was getting older. My skin wasn't looking as good. And I was doing research at purchase point. And, you know, when I was doing research, people were like, I was in department stores and I was talking to people all around the world and they were like pulling stuff out from underneath the counter and say like, Andy, you got to try this. It's like BB tin. It's going to do this. And I, I was like, I was so embarrassed. I was like, talk about fake it till you make it. It's like, I don't even know what that stuff is. I didn't say that. They're like, yeah, this is my last box. It'll be gone by the end of the day. Like somebody, you know, one of my best, best customers will come in and buy this, just launch. And I just started thinking about it and looking into it and saw how around the world, outside of the US, how engaged guys are in the category. And truthfully, like women have known it forever. We're just like, you know, gorilla style here in the US males. We're just like, we don't realize that you can actually do things to take care of yourself. It's not just skincare, it's, you know, having healthy habits in your life. And, uh, you know, simple things, don't eat too much, you know, get enough, enough sleep, you know, make sure you exercise. Um, you know, and have healthy, healthy routines in your life. So that's how it all started. How big is the category growing? You know, I think they are, they're saying it's like in the 12, 13%. Um, 
as a total grooming category, men's skincare is probably, you know, like if you look at the Amazon numbers up 38, 40% year over year, significant, now, massive. The, the only, you know, I'm trying to think I'm, there's what Anthony logistics I've heard of or the yeah. art of shaving. Yeah. How many, is it getting more saturated or is it still a pretty, um, yeah, yes and no. market do you think? I, I, I like look at it like in, in like, uh, grade school right there's there's um there's a bunch of people like us that are like in just entering like from elementary school to 12th you know to high school there's a few of us there's not too many of us there's um and when i think about that i i, I think i like revenue like in the you know in the 20 to 100 million or or like 15 to you know 60 million 70 million range I think there's there's a few of us, not many, um, and I think there's like a couple of us that like graduated, uh, you know, like the Duke Cannon of the world or Everyman Jack, um, maybe Doctor Squatch that are you know that are beyond that um, that have gone to like next level and mainstream, and then I think like you know there's there's new guys every day, like every single day. I think there's new players that come in that are in the you know, zero to whatever, you know, 5 million or 3 million range. And, and those guys are, and I constantly see people leaving too, that, that, you know, didn't make it. So, um, and in the last year, I've seen a lot of people fold up, fold up shop. I think there's, you know, there's a tremendous amount of pressure. And so what did you do in creating your product that separated from what else was on the market? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, there, in our business, there's like a lot of, um, there's a lot of like foo-foo dust. Like there's a lot of, you, you know, like I have water and I have some interesting main ingredient and then I put in something else like vitamin A and then I go to market with it. Um, uh, like a lot of the big consumer brands, um, you know, like Bulldog or, or, you know, these type of brands. I mean, they're, you know, the Dove, which I think Dove makes good product, but there's nothing really special about them. They're just a lot of water and some moisturizer. Um, and I think like for us, we, we really spent a lot of time um, making products that are super efficacious. Like our products are like legitimately good um, and it's better ingredients and much higher quantity of ingredients. Our products are just expensive as hell to make, even in like high quantities. I mean, we're ordering, you know, hundred thousand units at a time, which by the way, by standard of like big corporations is like, you know, a drop in the bucket, but we have really, really, really high, high quality ingredients. We own our own formulas, you know, we're constantly innovating and reformulating, you know, every three to five years. So um, you know, those are the things that really separate you from the other guys. We're really, Andy, at the end of the day, guys that are trying our product, they need to see results. So like, if they don't think our products are working, they're gone. So we've got to have great products, just kind of an ante to play. And how can an interested learner, listener, learn more about working or finding your products, Teach Hanley online or? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, go, go, go check us out at teach.com. I mean, we have like 8,000 reviews, I think or over that. I don't, I don't even know, seven, eight, 9,000 reviews. Um, we have, um, you know, a 4.59, um, something like that. Amazon, all of our products are, you know, 
everything's almost every almost every product is over 4.5 stars so 45 46 47 um you know we we have an we have an outstanding offer for any of your listeners at teach.com backslash um make each click count i think it's a 30% offer it's a great offer oh well that's great if, they, if you want to try our products out um you know i mean take a look around we're we're all over uh social and you know try if it's not us you know, try someone, try to get yourself into a healthy skincare routine. You'll, you'll thank us for it. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today? No, I wish everybody good luck. We're going into the holiday season. You know, we're really excited about what Q4 looks like. Um, you know, we're really, really prepared for a great um, close out of the year. And, um, you know, we're very, you know, kind of apprehensive about um, what the economy, the macro impact on the economy looks like, but we think it should be pretty good. And then, you know, 2024 is going to be really interesting because we've got, um, you know, an election year um, and everybody knows what happens to the markets during the election. I mean, start out probably pretty, um, pretty strong and then kind of go quiet until everybody figures out what's going to happen in November. And, um, just very excited, very, very excited about the future. Well, this is great. Well, thanks for joining us again today, Kelly. Thank you, Andy. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information on Kelly or Ortiz Hanley, you'll find the links in the show notes below, including the special offer for the 30% discount. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all-new podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and include each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. I'll talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. 